Today is Friday, August 25th. The title for our devotional is Genuine Worship. Yesterday we saw Paul's indictment of both Jews and Gentiles as under the curse of sin and under God's wrath, and again, some of the results of exchanging worship of God for the worship of created things. Remember, this is meant to lead us, all of us, to the realization that we are desperately in need of the gospel of grace. We're in need of Christ's righteousness to be given to us freely by God's grace and mercy, not in our own self-righteousness. Romans 1.18, remember, refers to both and says the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. And remember, this is primarily a worship problem. Verse 21, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God or gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and remember, exchanged Keyword, the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Again, this is the results of humanity failing to worship God or exchanging our worship of God for the worship of created things. Because remember, we're all worshipers. We all worship. It's The question is only who or what do we worship as ultimate. Yesterday, we saw the first part of the antidote to this worship problem. Faith in Jesus, atoning death on the cross that imputes to us his righteousness. For those who are in Christ, then, the proper response is genuine worship. Throughout this letter, Paul pauses to worship. Remember, worship is in part glorifying and giving thanks to God for who he is and what he has done. It is our total adoring response to him. So I just want to read a few sections of Romans where Paul just pauses in the middle of his arguments to just worship God. Romans 7, 24-25, after again going through another lengthy description of the state of sinful humanity apart from God, he says, What a wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then Romans 8, 28 to 30. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. But those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. They're just praising God for his work in justification and glorifying those who are in Christ. Romans 8, 35 to 39, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Just declaring that glorious truth that we are united in Christ and nothing will ever separate us from Christ. And then, uh, probably the biggest one, Romans 11, 33 to 36, the end of his lengthy theology and his description of God's election. He says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him, and through him, and for him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. So worship, then, is a part of our adoring response to God's gift of righteousness in Christ. Hopefully, after exploring Romans 1, it adds even more context to Paul's application in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, which we've talked about earlier in this campaign, where Paul writes, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. 
says this is your true and proper worship. Genuine worship, offering our bodies as a living sacrifice to God is the antidote to this human condition of exchanging our worship of God for the worship of created things. We are all prone to idolatry. As Calvin says, the human heart is an idol factory. Chapters 1 and chapter 12 are the key turning points of this letter, and they both begin on the topic of worship. Worship of created things leads to the ruin and depravity of the human soul. Worship of God leads to its restoration and wholeness. So as those who have been made new in Christ, who have been given the righteousness of Christ, let's worship God with all of our hearts.